This podcast contains discussion of mental health and may mention alcohol and drug use as well as suicide. Check the show notes for more information and links to relevant support services. Let's have a chat, an open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. They might not solve all the world's problems from this hot tub, but a good chat with a good mate is not a bad place to start. Welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Okay, welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. This is a break from our planned programming. Um, today, the day that this episode is being released, is uh, World Coming Out Day. Uh, and this was kind of a chat, an interview that we had planned for season two. Um, but we've decided to bring it forward and do that on world coming out day so we're going to set it up a little bit differently and rather than just a general chat i'm going to hand the reins of the show over to jeff which i think is terrifying for everyone involved (laughs) terrifying for you and incredibly (laughs) brave for me um and essentially jeff's going to kind of interview me because of the uh, two of us I'm the one that's come out. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't really work if I was running uh, this one. So um, we have had a bit of feedback from listeners in leading up to this with a couple of questions and a couple of things that we want to discuss. Um, but I thought it might be a good, we thought it might be a good chance for Jeff to pick my brain and for me to tell my story a little bit more specifically. Open, a bit more openly, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I think, I think a good a good side of our friendship was before when I was uh, discussing with my wife that this was going to be the format today that I'm, I'm going to be interviewing Lee about coming out her first question was do you think you're going to ask any questions that you're going to get a surprising um, answer to and I said honestly probably not like um Lee and I have had this chat before not as officially obviously yeah yeah I've, uh, I think we've I've chatted all, about I've everything all, so I've far. All, yeah, I've asked all the questions, and you've you've asked me a lot of questions about my life as well. Like we're pretty we're pretty in tune with each other, and yeah, which is why our podcast works so well, and why our friendship works so well. Exactly, exactly. So this is also my first interview, people. So we we do plan on holding a few more interviews going forward with the show. That is a format we've uh, discussed. Yes. As we said, with season two of the show. And I have the interview experience yeah. uh, and Jeff doesn't as much. And so I'm, I thought... I'm, I'm more the colour commentator with the, you know, the you're right and you're, yep. right, you're right, Lee. Yeah, good question, mate. Yeah. And so absolutely isn't all them. As a way of uh, <laughs> easing Jeff in, I thought he'd... What better interview what better subject interview than his subject best mate? than a bloke that I trust with my, with my life. Yeah. At least I'm going to be nice about it. So, yes, as, as we have discussed, the, the topic we are going to be discussing today is about Lee's coming out. Um, I guess a, a bit of feedback from an early age, mate. Like, what, what age were you when you realised that you were gay? Um, so, thinking back on it, I actually kind of um, thought I was 
I found some boys cute before I knew what gay was. Yeah, right. I remember in grade five uh, thinking that there were a couple of boys in grade six that were cute. And I like, that's all I remember of it, thinking, oh, they're cute. And I don't know why I thought cute or whatever. Yeah. But then I remember in grade six seeing the front cover of the newspaper about the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras and asking mum and dad what gay what, what, was. What, what is gay, yeah. Um, and then I think it clicked a little bit, yeah. but it really kind of confirmed. So how old was I in grade five, ten? Yeah, ten or eleven. Then yeah. eleven in year six. Yep. Um, but it didn't fully kind of... There was no, there was no big flick the switch aha moment for you. Um, it all kind of clicked and was like, yeah, this is actually it. Yeah. Because I think, and it's, it certainly was, you know, 30 years ago yeah. when I was 10, yeah. um, 50, 25 years ago, yeah. that the that society was like boys and girls. Yes. And my little friendship group from early primary school and even before that um, with mother's group and kinder and whatever, there were... There was a girl my age, and we joke now that it was kind of like, oh, Lee's going to marry Emma. Of course. Of and course. Brett's going to marry Claire. Yeah. And that was kind of the, the joke around yeah. the little friendship group. Um, and now Brett and I aren't straight, and neither's Emma. So <laughs> <laughs> that didn't really work out. Well, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of, I think, sort, sort of... The, the crushes that you have as a kid yeah. are more external. Yeah. Like, you know, I could probably say that I had a crush on Emma during primary school, but that was, looking back now, more like a close friendship. Yeah, someone, someone you trusted. That because I was close friends with a girl, people were like, oh, is Emma your girlfriend? I'm like, now I think like, no, I'm fucking seven years old. I don't have yeah. a girlfriend. I did get married to a girl in grade three. Well, there you go. Which I got in trouble for because, I don't know, maybe we had our Bucks night during class. <laughs> I just remember I got in trouble for talking about my marriage to this other girl in grade three. Yeah. But, you know, I married a girl in grade three because boys marry Do, doing girls. Line, doing lines of whiz fizz off the, off the chalkboards. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> the, great, the grade fives were the strippers that we had. No, that's, <laughs> that's not it. Um, I married a girl in grade three because boys marry girls. Yeah. And I didn't know any different. Um, but I do remember in grade five thinking that a couple of grade six boys were cute and I remember learning what gay was in grade six. But then in, by the time I got to year eight, a couple of years later was when I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing and girls aren't the thing. Yeah. Um, but boys are. So from from that, that moment of realising that, you know, I'm not like the majority of my classmates and I'm not chasing after the, the pretty girl in the class. Yep. I'm more interested in the pretty boy. Yep. How long between your realisation and actually admitting that out loud to somebody else was there? Was uh, there? So I didn't admit it to anybody else until after high school. There you go. So, so that would have been... four or five years there, yeah. So, yeah, that was a long time, um, you know, and that's all of my high school life. Yeah, definitely. Spent in the closet. Yeah. So talking about uh, in the closet, what does 
being in the closet mean to you? Like, describe your experience of being in the closet. Um, incredibly tough. Yeah. It's for me, and I think for a lot of of people, it's a it's a battle between internal and external. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I married a girl in grade three because boys marry girls. Yeah. And that was the way you were brought up and that's what you know and this is not saying anything bad about my parents but that's the way my parents talked they had three boys yeah so they had talked about three wives of course um and so that's kind of what you boy were they off the mark yeah well dino nearly got three wives yeah (laughs) it's um (laughs) so that's what is expected of you externally yeah um, but then you know within yourself that that's not what's your true self. Yeah. And so I spent the entirety of my high school life basically in denial. Denial. Um, and then later in high school, as the denial was harder and harder to do, mm-hmm. um, spent time trying to convince, just convince myself that I wasn't gay. Yeah. To the point where I had a girlfriend in year 12. Um, we dated for three months and that imploded. I think I've talked about that Yeah, we have before. mentioned her before. Um, yeah. yeah, so that denial was really tough. Yeah. Um, and I know now from years of self-awareness and therapy that that is a root cause of a lot of my mental health issues. Understandably too, mate. Like, um, yeah, because it was just tough. And it was just like in the closet is a good description because you are hiding away either – you're hiding away a part of yourself. And of it course. varies from person to person how big that part is. Yeah. Um, for me, like I hid a huge part of myself. Other people were themselves – more fully themselves, but just hid away that this is who I want to date part. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't feel like I ever fully made the steps that a teenager makes towards becoming themselves. So you you weren't, you didn't have other gay friends in high school? Like you didn't have... Well, I did, but none of us were out. None of you were out, so it was a, so, it was a later realisation. It's really you. weird. Yeah. Like... From year nine to year 12, my two closest friends, like my particularly my one best friend for late high school, we would be at each other's house at least one night a week to the point where we called each other's mum, mum. Mum, yeah. Um, And still we were so both so deep in the closet that um, neither of us knew until we both came out within two weeks of each other the first year out of high school. And then there was a third guy in that friendship group. He came out during year 12. But even then... You didn't. My mate and I didn't. Didn't have the confidence to... And I feel sorry for the one girl in that group. Like, there was four of us. Yeah. Three guys and a girl. um, And she, without speaking for us, she probably had a crush on the three of us. At least one of you. Yeah, at least one of us. Um, She did her deb with one of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but then we all turned out the other way. <laughs> so I'm sorry for that. 
uh, if you're listening, <laughs> but you can pick them. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's obviously something she's attracted to in a, in a, in men that you all were as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's also like. You know, I, I, I don't want to get too off track into the fag hag thing, but yeah. I think a lot of girls are good friends with gay guys, whether or not those gay guys are out or not, as was our case. Um, For safe. Like because it's, it's, it's safe. safe. It's a safe group. That's right. Like we were 100% Never the gonna... three boys at the school that weren't going to make any move. Yeah, of course. And if we did, it would have been super awkward. And like for me, just to confirm whether or not it was going to work. But yeah, it was... So I did have gay friends in high school, but we weren't gay. But you weren't gay. Out. Out gay at the time. Um, I'll go a little bit off my script here. Um, What came first? Your realization of your gay having an actual gay sexual experience or admitting to somebody that you were having those feelings um so i don't, like I, don't came, I don't need details of like you know this yeah, is this no. is the guy i blew in a car park or anything like that <laughs> but <laughs> i came out before i had any sexual experience okay. and who, who who did you who was that person you came out to and why um so the first people i came out to were mum and dad and my two best friends yeah their first year out of high school so i was just mm-hmm. just a couple of months after i turned 18 was that, was that a, a big planned event where you invited the friends over or was it a more of a blurted out this is the moment i have to so get this, this off my is chest, incredibly embarrassing okay but in the nature of the way that our podcast is I, i've told probably five people in my life this yeah other than the four people that no, because yeah. they were the people I told. But I sent an email <laughs> <laughs> to those four people, which is awful because it's always been a thing. Is that how you came out via email? Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. I emailed I my that. parents and my two best friends um, to tell them, and I had this whole big spiel about there's something I've got to tell <laughs> you and... Blah, 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 blah. And then I just kind of stuck, I'm gay, at the end of the email and hit send. Hit send. <laughs> and this was the thing, because it was 2003, we didn't have great internet at home. So I sent it from the public library, <laughs> which is fucking terrible. And I hate, like, I'm. So, it's so embarrassing. I'm actually, you know what, I don't think I've heard this story because... No, because I haven't told because anyone. Because this would be, uh, I, I imagined a, a, a sit-down dinner with... With, no, God, with the no. parents and, and, a, and a deep and meaningful well, conversation. I knew that I wouldn't ever be able to verbally say the words okay. initially. Like I knew that wouldn't be how it would start. We weren't a super open family um, and we didn't really growing up have deep conversations. Okay. Um, that surprises me as well considering what I, how I know you guys now. Yeah, and there you go, Trish. I am surprised. Yeah. So, but and I think as the three brothers, we're a lot more open now than we were. Um, and I think I'm, I'm definitely more open with mum and dad than we were then. Yeah. But I knew that I needed. I I'd accepted it by the mm. kind of the end of year twelve. Yeah. Um, and I knew that if things were going to change yeah and get better that i would need to come out 
And so I just went, all right, these are the people mum and dad obviously have to know. Yeah. Because they're mum and dad. Um, and then my two best friends have to know because they're my two best friends. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I did feel that they would be the support. safest. Yeah. Um, my two best friends I knew would be the safest and the supportive yeah. and would allow me to deal with anything that might come from mum and dad. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so of all the situations that you have had to come out in, I'm assuming family was obviously not an easy one, but not a hard hard one either, Having or knowing your family now. Yeah. I imagine the, the pressure you put on yourself would have been a lot bigger than your parents' reactions. I know a lot of people out there are genuinely scared to tell their parents yep. because the reaction won't be as supportive as I know your parents have been. Look, I've, I know that I've been incredibly lucky in all of my coming out experiences. All of the dread that I felt was from my own perception of what could go wrong. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked about in my the overthinking episode, that's my thing. Of course. Of yeah. I run through every possible scenario, worst case and, scenario. And, and settle on the worst one. And then settle on, mum and dad are going to kick me out. I'm going to be disowned. I'm going to have to, yeah. you know, move in with my friend and hopefully my friend accepts me. Yeah. But all of that was made up. Yeah. And... Like, in terms of my friends, this is how made up it was. Mm. Like, my best male friend, as I mentioned, he's gay. Yeah. But my best female friend, her sister was out at this time. But still in my head, I was like, I'm not sure if she's going to accept me. Yeah, right. So, and this is what happens, The de- I think, the deeper and the longer you're in the mm. closet, the almost further back you go. Yeah. Um, and you start making all of that up so the first coming out was the toughest is that what you're asking what's the toughest coming out yeah what was the toughest like I'm, I mean we've been involved in sports clubs together for 20 years yep um, I know you know there's the, the odd rib and stuff like that the odd poke at, at your sexuality but overall you've been fairly well accepted in the community of our, yeah. our clubs and um as I said, when I brought you over to the, uh, the the club in the West, I made it a point to all the guys that you were gay and if that was going to be a problem for anyone, there's the door pretty much. Like, yeah. And they were all 100%. No, no, like if he's the right guy for the job, get him over here. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah, after that first one, that was actually all fine. Yeah. Like mum and dad, after I went home cried, ate half a tin of Milo, which was for some reason my comfort food. <laughs> um, after all of that, mum and dad sat me down, had a chat, no worries, no worries. We'll talk to Dean and Brett. Had they read the email by the time you got home? Uh, well, I think I sent it because I knew there was going to be time between the email and them coming home. Okay. So I knew there would be time for me to get over whatever panic attack I, I might say, have had. That, that would have been an awkward situation. I just walked straight waiting, in the door on there. Waiting there. for yeah. them to uh, say something and they hadn't checked their email no, yet. No, they, I think... Especially back that, back then when email wasn't a blip on yeah. your phone, it was an actual physical thing you had to go and check. But I knew they were both were office working. Yeah. So I knew they'd see it. I think mum rang dad, they spoke, dad emailed me back and said, we've spoken, if you want to have a chat tonight, we'll have a chat tonight. Yeah. Um, and then we did. Yeah. So after that, the main, I still had 
uh, concerns pretty much coming out to anyone. Yeah. Um, um, but the the toughest one was probably the baseball club. Yeah. Not that. Which was uh, a second family at that yeah, stage. But also, it was the typical. Um, I had in my head the typical blokey sporting club thing. Yeah. And again, to sum up how ridiculous my mind was going when it came to coming out, I came out. Actually, I didn't come out of the club. My brother outed me, which I'm not angry about. Yeah. Because there is that ribbing that guys give each other. Um, and so my family knew and my family were all around the club, as we yeah. discussed. And then someone at some point said to the middle brother, or oh, something, something, you poof. And Dean just automatically, with his quick wit, go, no, that's the other brother. And everyone was like, what? What? what, yeah. he, what he, which, which one? And Dean was like, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> Lee's gay. <laughs> um, and so then everyone knew. But yeah. then, like, one bloke said to me, why were you so worried? Yeah. Half the chicks on the women's team are dykes. Yeah. Which, and any LGBTQ people that are listening know that isn't the term to use, but... but. It was You're thinking bloke used, sporty clubs in 2004. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot's changed in the last... Yeah. yeah. And that, so they, you know, for a little bit, there were a couple of jokes around it. But then also blokes would say to me, if anything, if anybody says anything to you, let them know and they'll have the whole fucking baseball club on them. Yeah, definitely. So every coming out time I've had trepidation around... Um, but everyone has gone well, and I know I'm incredibly lucky. Yeah. And there'll be people listening who haven't been so lucky. Yeah. But I have been lucky, well, and most of the trepidation has been, now that I think about it, like how do I bring it up? Yeah. Like when the, with the band that I was playing with at the time, like the conductor was trying to set me up with one of the girls in the band. Yeah. But then there were a couple of jokes about one of the other guys in the band being gay. And so in the end, I was like, you really want him, You really want a gay person in the band, don't you, conductor? I won't mention her name. Yeah. Um, and she goes, yeah, I think it'd be great. I'm like, well, fine, it's me. <laughs> and they went, what, what? I'm like, yeah, right. I'll yeah. be the gay one in the band. I'm the gay one in the band, all right? <laughs> and that was it. And that's how I came out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of been that since as it's come up, uh, certainly in the early stages, as it's come up, I've come out. Jeez. Two Drink Cinema, an Odd Socks Entertainment podcast. I'm Lee. And I'm Brett. We are two brothers reviewing movies. Two drinks at a time. The old. The new. The classic. And the cult. We tick all the boxes. We bring you the news on the latest movie releases. And drunkenly review some of the best films of yesteryear. Find us on your favourite podcast platform. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. This, this, this was a question I actually brought up with you before the show as I struggled with the wording for it. But you've never been... Uh, in any way ashamed or secretive about your sexuality. It's one of the things I have admired most about you actually over the years is if anyone does bring up, oh, Lee's gay, you're like, yeah, I am. And like, what's, yep. what's, what's the next step sort of thing? You are, you're a, you are a proud gay man, but you're also not the, uh, 
the society stereotypical waving the rainbow flag type of guy. Yeah. Like, how do you find... The balance uh, pe- of pe- that? The balance of people, ex- people expecting that of you and not having, like, obviously a lot of our listeners may have never met a, a gay person or have, have much interactions with a gay person. For me, you're just my best mate. Like, it's, it's always yeah. been the case, but... I know a lot of people have like, oh, you know, like Lee's gay. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but he's not touching my dick, so it's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, like, is, That's is, something- is what, what, what perception or what change to that stereotype would you, you like to see in society? Or how would you like that Lee's gay statement to be interpreted i guess is how I'm, I'm i'm tripping over my words a bit here but no i get i get what you're saying and i i think it's a very it's something that i've kind of gone back and forth over a lot yeah i've never been a huge active member of the gay community yeah even at the moment i think i'm a member of a gay business networking group but I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> like I think I signed up. You're a barista. Or I might just be getting their emails. Right. I, I don't like. <laughs> I'm not that active. Yeah. Um, and I've probably been to less gay clubs than a number of our straight listeners. Probably. Um, but shout out to the peel. <laughs> yeah. I mostly. Like, I know, it's it's a tough one because. For a lot of people, when they come out, it becomes a part of their, like a huge part of their identity. Definitely. And can become a lot of their identity because a lot of people, when they're in the closet, they don't feel like they fit in anywhere. So then when they come out, that is a group Something, that accepts them. A group that embraces, them they can embrace. And embraces yeah. them. And so that becomes a huge part of it. I already had groups that I was a part of and accepted by and then quickly accepted by even after coming out. Yeah. So for me, being gay is, you know, the equivalent to you being a ranger. Yeah. It's just a part of who I am. Yeah. Um, and my personality is my personality, but a part of that is being attracted to men. Yeah. And so when it calls for me to be proud and speak as a gay man I will yeah when it doesn't call for that then I won't yeah I think one of the the big things that I've loved about you and and Shane your partner is you know the as you said earlier the 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 the, the put down the, the insult to people is oh you're a, you're a big poof or you're a yeah you know you're faggot and all the rest of the horrible terms that we won't go into but that's something that was like a in inbred into me growing up as in Aussie culture as like a, a put down to a bloke who was soft or who was weak or stuff yeah. like that. And at baseball in, in particular, you know, a sport where you have to play hard to win. That term was bantied around a lot before you and Shane were both out and happy. And yeah. It was, it was, I think it was a really good education for a lot of guys that like, okay, why do we use that term and what, what are we trying to actually say? Because, you know, most of the gay men I know could probably beat the shit out of most of the guys that use those terms. Like, yeah. It's just a... Um, I, I, I don't can, know where I'm going with that question. More, I can more, more of a, like, it was, a, it was a thank you from me, I guess, is a, being your friend has opened my eyes to 
a few things I was doing wrong in my life in that regard yep. of. You know, well, and I think one of the things guess, yeah. one of the things I don't necessarily want people to think when it comes to that kind of language or that kind of treatment is that they're is that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I don't want to get too much into cancel culture, no. but unfortunately, with the way the cancel culture is, that a person is wrong if they do something a certain way or say a certain thing or send out a certain tweet. Yeah. But certainly I know in the time that I came out, the early 2000s, mm. that there weren't out gays playing sport. Yeah. Um, and Definitely, definitely not, uh, not as many professionally. Yeah. But also there was still a much bigger divide than there is now between straight guys and gay guys it was very black and white you're yeah. either straight or you were gay yeah bisexual pansexual asexual weren't really things things yet, yeah but also straight people had straight friends and gay people had gay friends and that was something i struggled with yeah but so for a lot of people at the club other than the lesbian girls that were playing on the women's team yeah which is accepted because lesbians play sport yeah. as their stereotype yeah I was the first gay person that they'd met, yeah. and then I brought Shane as the second gay person that they met. Yeah. And so while they might have been doing things wrong, it wasn't from malice. It was from a lack of education, education and a lack but, of experience. Yeah, you've, you've definitely approached every sporting club and every conversation I've had with you or people about you is from an educational yep. standpoint, which is yep. fantastic. It's not a... Not the not the preachy, you know, the stereotypical vegan response. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You you are uh, you you want Look, you want you you would rather have that conversation with somebody who is ignorant than say screw that person. They they've got I've got no time for them. Yeah. You're more likely to spend more time with them to get to the root of what the issue is. Yeah, and have converted a few people over to like the, you know what I'm saying converted over to your way of thinking. Yeah, well, and it's not. I think it's broadened their thinking. I think of it yeah, that way more that's much, than that's much better way converting it, yeah. them to you know, my that's, thinking. That's a great way. Um, and like one of the last groups that I came out to at the baseball club were the juniors that I was coaching because there was, I don't know, there was whole thing about, you know, a gay guy coaching Kids, teen boys yeah. and what would the, maybe what would the parents think and blah, blah, blah. And would there be less respect around me for that reason? Yeah. But once I did, there were kind of two teams in a row. Yeah. Under 16s. Um, one team totally fine. One guy was like, oh, I should have known. I saw you wearing a rainbow belt a couple of times. I should have worked that out. My sister's a lesbian. I'm like, yeah, Sam, you yeah, probably should you have. You probably should have, mate. <laughs> um, but then the next team, I was kind of out from the start with that yeah. team. And that was the team where I really consciously talked to them about their language because yeah. that was the time where, oh, that's so gay, Yeah, was the big thing. Yeah. Um, and so I would pull them up on it and any time they mentioned the F word or the P word, yeah. um, I'd pull them up on it as well and my co-coach was really good with that yeah. also. But I did it 
more in a bit of, you know, an educational way. Yeah, definitely. And then there was one boy on the team that a couple of the other guys started to ask me if I thought that kid was gay. And I'm like, one, he's 15. It's inappropriate for me to Even, have this discussion yeah. about it. Yeah. But two, I'm like, doesn't matter. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. We just want to know, which I won't go into that whole... I could rant about that. This is a conversation I was going to steer that this way yeah. towards the end of this, actually. So. Um, but then I said to him, all right, I said to the boys... Because there were a couple of girls on the team, and I knew 100% that they were fine. Because mm-hmm. one of them was playing on the women's team with the lesbians. Yeah. And so I said to the boys, all right, this is perfect because this allows me to explain to you why I'm going to bench you anytime you say faggot on the field. Yeah. Because if your teammate is and he misses a ball or strikes out and you go, oh, that was so gay, and he is gay... Yeah. He thinks that you don't like him striking out, which is gay. You don't like him being gay. Do you think yeah. he'll think it's safe for it him to come out a, to you? It makes it a negative world for and him. And they're to like, live in, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. So rather than just going, it really, boys, I'm not talking about it, or boys, if you say that again, you're off the team. You explained it, yeah. I think that's a, that's a brilliant way of going about it because I don't know where it comes from in, in Australian culture. But it comes. It's, it's definitely there. There's definitely a, you know, your, your big poof, your all the rest of yeah. it is. Well, so the the Aussie bloke, stereotypically, is very macho, very strong, yeah. beer drinking, fighting, fucking guy. Yeah. And traditionally and historically, gays aren't. Yeah. And if you go back. A long time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking like in our other episode, we'll go back to like the Stone Age. <laughs> like just back to the 1900s. Yes, Even yes. mid, you know, 50s, 60s. 50s, 60s, yeah. Being, acting more feminine yeah. was an identifier. Yeah. Be- when you couldn't say, I'm gay. Yeah. And you couldn't go to a gay club. Yeah. It became a bit of an identifier and a distinguisher yeah definitely and so but then so religious was australia in the first part of the 20th century mm-hmm. that don't get me started on religion yeah ho homosexuality was a sin and so anyone that was gay was this, this. Was an it, altar boy it was also illegal um yeah. And this blows my mind that I was, it was still illegal in Tasmania when I was born. Fantastic. It's like 1985 is yeah. when it changed. So, yeah, that acting effeminate meant gay. Gay was illegal and a mm. sin. So that's kind of where it came from. So with with the with the terminology and the. The culture, as I've as I've said, the the lack of education, I guess, is the the main thing. Have you ever experienced any homophobia or any? Have you ever been threatened in any way? You, um, when someone's found out, have you ever felt in danger because of your sexuality? No, and no? again, I'm incredibly lucky. Lucky, mm. um, and probably down the track, we can have a guest who unfortunately might not have been as lucky. But 
yeah, I've never felt in in danger. Yeah. I've never felt uh, externalized aggressive homophobia. No. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my childhood. I remember a good, uh, a, a, well, no, I'm not going to say a good mate, but a, a friend of my stepdad's was drunk and bragging about how him and his mates used to go out poofter bashing. You know, like that. That yep. was that was their Friday night. They would all get you know pissed and go out in the car and just grab any bloke in a pink shirt and beat the shit out of him. And I'm like, he yep. was bragging to me about that. And I remember being like, you know, 14 years old, going like. What difference does it make to your life? What he does once he gets home, mate. Like, why? Why is this even a thing? I didn't. Even at that age, I was like, I didn't understand. No. How that was a. It's acceptable. This guy was like literally telling the story in a in a proud way, and my dad was just looking at me like, you know, maybe you should go inside. And I was like, yeah. all right. And I think he actually ripped into him about it, but. It definitely yeah. was a thing. And I feel like it was a big issue in Australia in the 80s. Yeah. Particularly in the 80s, AIDS, the AIDS epidemic didn't help. Of course not, no. Um, because... It was blamed it, on the gay community. Well, it was largely um, a gay disease, yeah. for lack of better terms. But it wasn't spread by them. It wasn't caused. It wasn't started by them. Yeah. Um and in a way, things haven't changed because mm. when coronavirus became a thing, people stopped going to Chinese restaurants. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's exactly the same, the same thing. It's the same level of yeah, education. Yeah, it's the same level. Oh, I think this virus came from a, yeah. came from China, so I can't get I lemon chicken. I remember, chicken I remember seeing, seeing a meme. It was like a, it was a photo of a, a, a Walmart in the States and like every beer in the store was sold out except for the corona slabs because yeah. people didn't want to get sick and it was like we just not have no hope really do we like yeah, no. the, the majority of people are so undereducated on these issues yeah and so i i think a, a big part of the poofter bashing yeah was fragile masculinity and we'll yeah. have a whole episode at some point on masculinity mm. but i think a lot of straight guys that are that have fragile max, masculinity or are toxic yeah. toxically masculine are threatened by any man that isn't as masculine as them or doesn't fit that masculine mold yeah. um, and so that threat and as we've talked about in our anger episode that creates an uncomfortable feeling and, and for a lot of people violence. that results in violence yeah I get that yeah. so yeah I'm incredibly lucky that I never had that I have had people that I uh, that perceive me differently after they find out yeah um on various levels of negativity So going back to your young boy on the baseball club, I think one of the best conversations I ever had with you that really opened my eyes was people will ask you, hey, do you think XYZ is gay? Yep. And I, I, f I fucking love your reply of what difference does it make? 
Like, yeah. unless, unless, say, unless you want to fuck that person, you don't need to know what their sexuality yeah. is. Do you like that person? Would you go in to fight for that person's back? Or would you take that person's back in a battlefield? Would you, you know, are you willing to put your life on the line for them on the sports field? Are you, are you going to back that person yeah. 100%? What difference does it make what they do behind closed doors? Like, it's... I, I talk with Brett about this the other night yeah because I was talking about him talking with him about, about this episode, episode yeah. and we, we said there's only two reasons that you could there's three reasons that you could want to know yeah one you want to fuck them two you want to fight them yeah so my response to that is first does it matter does it matter yeah and then the response from the other person is always, oh, no, I just want to know. Yeah. Like, well, do you want to fuck them? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter otherwise. And will it change your opinion of them? Or will it change your opinion? They're the main two. Yeah. Then the third, this was just joking one, do you want to send porn to them? Because <laughs> you, maybe you want to check that you're sending the right links. To yeah, exactly. Them, or you're in the right section of Pornhub. <laughs> but then the fourth one is just curiosity. Yeah. Which, in a sense, I can understand... But also, but then in a sense, curiosity is is a is a big part of human nature, though. Yes, and I I understand that, like, uh, how, how do I put it? Like a comedian said, you know, like walking up to a eighty year old woman at a biker fest, and she's like, "You want to see my titties?" He's like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> no, in no way in, in your world would you go looking for that. But like, hey, fuck! If, if I've yep, got a chance yep. to see something new, why not? You know, like. there is yes, there is a huge um, Propon- curiosity part of it, yeah. and that's understandable. But I don't think it's a question that you needs ask to be someone about someone else. Of course, yeah. Brett's Brett's response is, "Have you asked them?" Yeah. Because if it's a question you're not willing to ask the person... Then you're not that curious. Then you're either not that curious or you're not that close. Uh, or you realise that it's not a question you should be asking. I, I want to share a story now. I grew up really close with a, a good mate of mine. And uh, he was confronted by his mum when he was about 20. And she said, look, when are you going to come out to me? Like, we, yep. we all know... When are you going to come out? And his response was, "Mum, I'm not gay. This is my girlfriend. <laughs> like, I'm literally this is my girlfriend here. Yeah, like, what are you talking? What are you me. talking about?" And she's like, "Okay, you just tell me when you're ready." And like, it broke his heart to a to a certain extent. Like, yeah. look, in all honesty, the guy's bisexual, so he had had experimented, but he he chose which side of the line he liked more. Yep, and has built a family and all the rest of it, and he's doing really well for himself. But it was just hilarious that his mum was like, we know, you can tell us. And he was like, uh, not telling you shit because it's not right. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, not a thing. Yeah. But I, I imagine um, a, a few people we have ha- spoken to who have come out, normal response from the parents is, yeah, we know. It's like, your, yep. par- your parents know you well enough. Like a good, a good friend of ours, one of the girls that plays baseball, said, you know, she tore herself apart trying to, build up the courage to tell her mum 
And her mum's like, oh, yeah, I've known for years. Yeah. And she was like, well, you could have told me because <laughs> yeah. I was still trying to work out what was going yeah. on. Like, yeah. if you knew 100%, if you had said, hey, this is you, I would have been like, that would have made my life easier, so much easier. Yeah. But it's also the point of, with my mate, if you, if you actually ask someone who's not, they can be quite insulted, which is, again, education. Yeah. Well, yeah. but also that's it thing and that's an issue yeah that it still is perceived as an insult yeah like you know if i came up to someone and said oh and hit on them say they that and that that's the biggest issue day to day i think a lot of gay people face is that if they decide to flirt with a guy or you know make an advance at a guy that they're going to be so insulted that there'll be a negative or potentially aggressive reaction. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I've I think never, the potentially ag- aggressive is yeah. the scary part for sure. But I've never been offended when someone's thought I'm straight. True, yeah. But 90% of straight guys would be offended are going to be offended if they think you're gay. Yeah. Um, but, I, like, and I know we're not at that point yet, but yeah. the point that I think we want to get to is, and I don't think it will ever come to a point where people don't have to come out. Yeah. I know people that didn't have to. Yeah. Um, but I also, um, yeah, I don't think it'll come to the point where no one has to come out, mm. but I want to get to the point where assuming someone is, um, isn't an insult. I have a question written down here that I have to read word for word. Okay, because right. it took you 25 minutes took me, to word. It took me 25 minutes to, to write this question and I think you'll get a laugh of it, out of it anyway. That's right. Like, so, I know it was a big deal to you and your partner um, when the government finally decided to treat you guys as equals and allow gay marriage. If you could go back in time, do you think it would be a good idea to ask your best mate to be your groomsman and not be a backup <laughs> if you could get married again? <laughs> all right, all right. Listeners so this, will know this, that this, this is, is an this ongoing is a gay, thing. This is a gay marriage question, but I've just thrown in the fact that I was an emergency once, once more because um, I'm never going to let him live it down, ever. Okay, so to the listeners who probably think, how can these guys keep telling us every week that they're best mates, but... Clearly, Jeff fucking hates Lee because he didn't ask him to be his best man. This is how it went, listeners. Shane and I, Shane had two male best mates and a girl best mate. Yep. I have two brothers yep. and a girl second best friend. Uh-huh. So to balance the sides, because I'm a perfectionist and a bit OCD. Your first thought was, fuck that guy. Was I'm going to use my, my first brothers. thought was... My two brothers. Uh-huh. Your best mates, right? You, The guys you're closest with. Yes. Uh-huh. I've known Dean <laughs> for 15 years longer than I've known you. That's okay? all right, all right. Fuck you, all right. Um, I'll, take I'll take it, I'll take it. But what was the gay marriage part of that question? <laughs> like, I would have liked I know it, it to have it happened was a big deal. It was a big deal for you and Shane. I know, and we, we had this, I don't know if we've actually discussed it on the show. I know we've definitely discussed it a lot of times. I used to refer to Shane as your hubby and you would be, no, he's my boyfriend or he's my partner or 
life partner or whatever you wanted to call him on that day, but you were dead against the term hubby because hubby was husband and that wasn't something you were you yeah. had access to yep. or, or was still being denied by the fuckwit government in Australia. Once that was a legal thing and you were allowed to get married, how much of a big deal was that for you guys? Was that a a Yahoo moment, like a you know a woohoo moment, or was it a finally moment? How did how like how did you accept the news of that? Was it a we're really excited, yeah, and it, it was as much for the fact that we could we personally could get married, yeah. That was exciting because Definitely. it meant we could have 136 of our closest friends and you there. Um, <laughs> and the ring. To, to celebrate. And I want this. I, I just want to, I, I need to add this in. I've been groomsmen in two weddings now, <laughs> and both times I was the first emergency call in. Look, all right. At my second wedding. Excellent. When the one. Excuse me. The practice wedding. You've gotten married in the time we've I've been never close been, mates. I've never had a wedding, though. Yeah, okay. Right. You didn't have any groomsmen. I've never had a wedding ever. So that's okay. I, I had my daughter and my uh, both my daughters as my best man and grooms people. Yep. For my second wedding because we just fucked off because weddings are hard. Right. So my second wedding, your third wedding, will mm. make each other our best man. Mm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's Sorry. not what we were Sorry, talking listeners. about. Just a bit we, of fun. The the thing was. As much as I was excited that Shane and I could have a party to celebrate our relationship, Shane and I could have done that anyway. Yeah. But the the thing for me wasn't marriage because Shane and I have a mortgage together. Uh, it was being legally recognised, wasn't it? Well, it was being equal. equal. And mum summed it up really well. And in the letter that I wrote to Malcolm Turnbull, mm-hmm. I put this in. Mum walked down the aisle with her middle son. Why can't she do it with her others? Yeah. And that was the thing to me. And to bring it back to me being in the closet fall of my high school, Mm -hmm. one of the major reasons that I was in denial and trying to convince myself that I was straight is that I didn't see myself having the family domestic life yes of course that i grew up with val- that i grew up so much yeah. and valued so much yeah. because we are as we've talked about before a very close family aunties uncles cousins i didn't see me having a partner and a house and a family as a possibility yeah because and i can see now that it was because of that lack of equality yeah but now that it is legally recognized there is the the possibility of equality. Yep. And so while obviously having a party was great, um, for me, the celebration was more around the equality than the marriage. Definitely. I'd... It's going to be much harder for Shane and I to get out of this shared mortgage and joint oh, bank yeah. account yeah, than definitely. it is for us to sign a piece of paper to get Same out of our marriage. Yep. So, but also like like you said, Everybody had called Shane and I hubby. Yeah. So we were basically long-term relationship committed. We'd be, we were together for 13 years before I popped the question. Yeah. Um, like that's... That's huge. Yeah. And as I said to, in, again, in my letter to Malcolm Turnbull, in those 13 years, we'd been to 30 weddings 
six of which had met, gotten married, and gotten divorced in the time in Shane time and I had been together. together yeah. So, um, the the equality was the major yeah. thing, and that I think was the major fight. No, no gay person was fighting to be able to sign a piece that of, piece, piece of, of paper, paper. Yeah. Other than other than the fact that their next door neighbour could sign that bit of paper and they couldn't. Yeah. That was the thing. Um, now that uh, gay marriage is legal and I've been to a couple of fantastic gay weddings, some of the greatest weddings I've been to are the... You'll never the go gay, to a shit one. You'll never go to a shit gay wedding. No. Nah. Um, the next, I guess the next thing is, you know, you do the house, the marriage, and now well, what about kids is... Um, Adoption. I know we we have covered this in the past, and I'm not sure if this is something you're comfortable talking about with our listeners. But is that something you and Shane would want to look into, or is there still that stigma around that side of it as well? That can, I, can two gay men? No, I raise? I don't think until you get into the bigots. Yeah, there's no issues. There's no issues. I thought it'll I, be. I thought you'd still had a few issues along the way. It'll be. Only from religious groups. Yeah, and a lot of adoption so, does yeah. come through religion. So, so there's, there's kind of two or three ways you can go about it. Um, there's the surrogacy thing. Yeah. And the surrogacy thing will take that from anyone yeah. that has basically the money to do the IVF. Yeah. Um, and then there's permanent care and then there's adoption. Adoption is run by... Catholic care organization. So while they accept homosexual applications, I feel like they don't prioritize them. They're going to be down down the bottom of the list. Um, But I don't want anyone that's listening with religion to think that I I think religion is the issue because Anglicare are the group that looks after the permanent care form of adoption and they're 100% for it. Yeah. You can be a single woman, a single man, a gay couple, a yeah. lesbian couple, a asexual couple, whatever. As long as you prove you can look after a kid financially, socially, yeah. mentally, physically, yep. you're on the list. Um, and so I don't think the stigma in terms of getting a kid is there like it used to be. There is then the issue of other people's perceptions. Yeah. But as a gay person, you're already dealing with those people's negative perceptions yeah. anyway, whether or not you have a kid. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. We never had, you know, oh, that's that's Steve. He's got two mums or yep. two dads. Yep. But it isn't that uncommon. Well, it's not as common, obviously, but it's not a uncommon thing to come across in today's society. Is I think it's a, it's a thing that's not... Like everyone would know one. You wouldn't have to go far from you to find a gay couple with a kid. You don't have to go far at all. No. Wife's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like I think anybody listening wouldn't have to go very far. Um, And so it isn't a super common thing, but it's not a not thing. It's not a thing that isn't happening. Um, and I think the acceptance around it legally mm-hmm. is pretty much there. Uh, well, the acceptance around it legally is there. 
the acceptance around um, socially still has a way to go, but yeah. in everything to do with sexuality other than a man gets a woman pregnant, yeah, that still has a long way to go in a lot of circles. Yeah. Uh, I put the coil out on our social media platforms for some listener questions. Um, did you get any that I'm not aware of? I think I only got the one that I knew of. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. just the one. Yeah, yep. it's just just the one that I one that I got from a, a friend of mine. Having said that, if, if after listening if to this episode yeah. there are more, please happy, please contact us. Yeah, as we've said a number of times, we're happy to structure our episodes around what people want to hear. Yeah. We, so, would lo- we would love to one day just do a whole mailbag episode. Like that would be Yeah. Yeah, considering ask, yeah, we've both anything, we've considering done we've both got our mailbags out, then <laughs> hey, may as well do a mailbag go. episode. We are back in hey. the tub. Welcome, guys. Um, so we got a question: How would you? What advice would you give to parents of a young child that they suspected may be in the closet? How would you? Yep. What, what advice would you give to help make that a more comfortable situation? For the child, I, I guess I'm not sure the question was aimed at the child, probably more at the parents. But so, I'm, I'm going to spin this more. The parents are going to have to deal with. I want to know how how could the parents help the child? Yeah. So the main one of the most powerful things and totally underrated in its power is language. Yeah. And. I think maybe I lean a little bit more that way because I do a lot of writing and speaking and have studied linguistics. But the power of language is so often underrated. As I said before, the boys on the baseball team that was like, oh, that's so gay. If there is, they do have a gay friend, there's no way he's coming out. I grew grew up with a football playing dad and, you know, that was pretty much where my... But then we also come to, you know, you throw like a girl. Yeah. Like, that means a girl who wants to play sport might not play sport because she thinks girls don't play sport. Yeah. Language is I so... I throw like a girl. Yeah, some <laughs> of the girls I know <laughs> smash me. Uh-huh. Um, I, that, that's the first thing that I would go to. Ensure that your language is structured so that you're not presenting... A negative. ...certain expectations or a negative connotation around yeah. any sexuality yeah so and it's tough because it's changing now i was gonna say i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest I'm, I'm i'm a fairly i like to consider myself a fairly open-minded guy yep but I'm, I'm really struggling with all the pronouns and the fact that like i always knew you know lgbt like was a thing yep now it's lbgt2 plus qia QA and plus plus and like I literally had to do some research and like the hell's the plus for now? Like and it's yep. just like anything else you can come up with. Like well, yeah, basically two two spirits. There's the the gay, lesbian, yep. pansexual, transgender, transsexual. So it's it's it's, it, it's a fucking lot for simple minded people to get their head around, and it's it is going to take generations, yeah, to become an acceptable norm. This current generation of kids so yeah. your youngest daughter and younger yeah are the first generation that's growing up with a full with full 
acceptance disclosure of, of everything. As yeah, well. and full acceptance of choice of mm. pronouns and gender identity. Yeah. And I, I won't go too far into gender identity because I'll admit that I don't know everything and I still have a lot of learning to do. Yeah. And so anyone that's a parent now is going to be roughly my age older. Yeah. If they're, you know, if they're a parent of a kid that's at the age of coming out. Yeah. So language, and it, language can set, language can show a, I think show a kid about your values. Yeah. So like I said before, oh, Lee's going to grow up and marry Emma. Yeah. That's, a, I'm not, again, having to go at mum and dad. No, no, not at all. That's, but that was, if that's, that's, that's the, what society. If that's the talk th- about relationships. Yeah. And I remember when I came out. So, okay. Yeah. I, I won't go rambling. It It's, so language, make sure that your language is inclusive. Yeah. And not just avoiding derogatory terms, but inclusive. Yeah. And talks about, you know, maybe you say to your finding, kid. Finding your person, not finding your man, finding yeah, your girl. Find finding your, your partner. Find your people, yeah. When you want to grow up and fall in love with someone. Yeah. Rather than fall in love with a girl. Yeah. But then I guess if you get to the point where you think that it might be a thing, mm-hmm. the way the world is going with its acceptance of femininity versus masculinity. And I could, we will do a whole nother episode on masculinity. I've had conversations in the last week about wanting to completely remove those terms at some Mm. point down the track. It's actually had an issue at work on that, but that's a different, your, your child could act quite feminine if they're a boy, but that doesn't mean that they're gay. But it's still an assumption that a lot of people put on the more feminine actions. Definitely, I get that. So, assumption and language are more detrimental than people think. And then, if it gets to the point of your child coming out, the main thing that a lot of people talk about, and I agree with, is that they don't make their coming out about you. Yeah. And this has particularly come out a lot with trans people is a lot of people that come out as trans, their people will say, oh, it's just really hard for me to change from he to she when I'm talking about you. It's really hard for me to call you Frankie instead of Michelle. Yeah. Like, no, well, actually, what's harder is that, you know... I've felt this my whole life. Yeah. What's harder is that... Sarah was Sarah for 20 years while thinking that she was actually Michael. Yeah. Like, that's harder. Yeah. So, just accept and with both the before coming out and the after coming out, be open to learning about it. Yeah. Ask questions, be open to conversations and validate whatever your kid is feeling, doing long as long as it's safe i think the i think the big thing with kids as well is like if you know little michael at six years old really loves playing with barbie dolls and you know likes pink and everything like that his parents are going to be more comfortable 
or accepting that you know, well, he's always been like that. He's he's gay. Yeah. You know, it's when Michael is the captain of the football team, and then comes home one day and says, "Hey, this is my partner." Yep. Who's you know? That's that's. I think that's where the the change needs to happen. Like the yes. I which think is, which is what I was trying to. I guess what I was trying to say earlier about that that public perception of a gay person is yeah, the yeah. You know, I wear pink and. I'm a girl and all the rest of it when it's not the case. Like you are a bloke in my mind. Like you're a bloke that I can come and have a beer with. You can a bloke that can come and fucking help me move furniture. Like you're, yep. you know, well, I, I might have to borrow your ute soon to move some shit. <laughs> I think there's, um, I, I think generally the direction I want to see us head is that, we do just treat everybody equally, yeah. Regardless of gender, regardless of sexuality, regardless of whatever, yeah. And like you just said, you're a bloke that I can get to help move furniture. I'm like, well, I know a lot of chicks that are probably going to lift a couch better than me, yeah. But but I would I would rather people say you're someone that I could have a beer with. Like, if I think about the people that I want to go to the pub with when we're out of lockdown, like, going to the pub is a bloke thing. Yeah. But I'm not just going to invite blokes. I'm not going to think about the gender of someone. Oh, no, definitely. And I'm going to invite someone, 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 not yeah. him, him, her, her. And so I think that's the direction that I want to head. And as we just pointed out, I'm still learning myself, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the big thing about all of this, and I think what certainly the Facebook commenters don't have, is an openness to learning about it. Yeah. Like Brett and I, because we were talking about it again this episode, we're talking about gender and non-binary things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the comment section, you know, when a famous person will come out as non-binary the comment section of Facebook will be like, oh, why do we care? Or I don't care about this. Or mm. oh, it's going to be hard for me to call Sam Smith them instead of him. Like, well, so what? I think for me it was, a, a, I think the, the backlash when I saw Alan Page become Elliot Page yep. was, oh, so is she going to not accept the leading roles as women anymore? Like because she's a freaking talented actress, actor. Well, yeah, yeah. She she can do. She has been a talented actress. Now she's a talented actor. Yeah. And so he, apologies, I called them she, he, he is an actor now. Yeah. And he will have always perceived himself as an actor. Yeah. With the male ending. Yeah. Um, I joke on Two Drinks in a Mailback calling them Actrix because X is the neutral. <laughs> so he's an act, he will have always perceived himself as Actrix, mm -hmm. but it's people external to that that need to be like, Ellen Page is an actress. Is Elliot Page going to be an actor? Yeah. And no, well, Elliot Page is going to be Elliot Page and will take on the roles that directors, producers, and himself think are right 
for, for him. For him, yeah. Or them. And like there are, we see shows now where, and it's great, where trans people are being cast as trans people. Yeah. Like there's one, there's a non-binary, very major part in Billions. I watched Sense8 last year mm. that has a very prominent trans character. Yeah. The, there's going to be huge, bigger undertones in the fourth Matrix movie about trans issues because the Wachowskis are trans. Yeah. And they couldn't do it in 1998 and 99 when they were making The Matrix. Yeah. And but they, they can, can do now. it now in 2021. So the biggest... If you've listened to this whole however long we've been talking and... It is a longer episode. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. That the main thing is to ask. Uh, I don't think any LGBTQIA plus person is going to be offended if you come to them and say, look, I don't know what pansexual means. Can you explain it? Yeah. You were she, her, now you're he, them. Mm-hmm. Can you explain it? And I've done that. Because there are areas where I have less understanding, but well, my my youngest daughter identifies as bisexual. Yep. Like I hundred percent support her. I don't. She's like I'm bi. I'm like cool. Like as yep. long as you find somebody to make you happy, I'm yeah. I'm good. My sister was gay for like she got married as a lesbian and married to an asshole. Unfortunately, yeah. They are in both sexes and that didn't work out for her and now she's back with a guy. But there was no there was never a judgment. My my other sister identifies as bi as well. Like it's not a as big a deal as people think. Like I don't care what you do in your spare time, basically, as long as you're a nice person to me yeah. and the people around me. Yep. And I think like you obviously are talking about it. Just then from a father's point of view and, yeah. and going back to our listener question yeah. from a parent's point of view is that you don't you don't necessarily need to understand it to accept it. Yeah. Like when when I came out, I was probably the second or third gay person that Your parents had come in contact with. Yeah, my parents had come in close contact with. Yeah. I think there was an ex-colleague of Dad's that was gay and actually Dad did 20 years of musical theatre. Well, I'm, sure, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure he came across one or two. <laughs> so, but then like going to my grandparents, coming out to Grandma and Grandpa was one that we thought would be tough because they are the religious yeah. ones. But, and this is why... I get annoyed with people who say I hate religion because religion hates this. Mm. Like, well, that's not true because like Shane and I both sang in the Uniting Church for Grandpa's funeral and Grandpa went to church every Sunday from the age of dot to 82 yeah. or 80, whatever. And like the minister was as happy to see Shane at Grandpa's bedside 
as he was to see me. And when Grandpa was like, I want the whole family to get together, he spent as much time talking to Shane as he did talking to me. Yeah. And even though he couldn't be there for the wedding, he viewed Shane as grandson. Of course. And so it's not religion that's the issue. It's some religious people. Yeah, it's extremists. But I forgot where I was going with that anyway. No, that's all right. It's my main bit of advice for people struggling with the possibility of coming out is that there will be people that accept you. You will be accepted. There is the risk that the people that you want to accept you won't accept you. But, like, all of my family accepts me for being gay. Yeah. A lot of the people I want to accept me as friends don't accept me for being the having the personality that I have. So there's always going to be yeah. acceptance and lack of acceptance in any groups. Not that I'm saying who gives a fuck about your family. <laughs> uh, yeah. People it's, people don't not like you because you're gay. They don't like you because you're a shit bloke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> who, yeah. Not, who, who emergencies them into weddings and stuff? Yeah, yeah. there yeah. are times where you will be accepted. There are times where you aren't. Yeah. But it, it's much better to live your life as yourself than to not. If you are struggling with it, then there are a hundred thousand support reach people, places to reach out, and thousands of support services. If you happen to be under 18 and listening, then Minus 18 is a fantastic group here in Australia. If you're over 18, there are all sorts of groups for that as well. Um, plenty of ways to access things online. I'll put some links in the episode description. And my inbox is open as well. I always tag myself in our Instagram story. So my in my DMs are open on the Instagram. Um, then... For the people that are being come out to, just accept. Just go, yep, okay, great. And be open to being educated I think, about I it. I think a big thing that has changed in the perception of homosexuality and all of this world that has opened up to a lot of people in the last 10 years yep. is choice. People still believe... It was a choice you made at some point. Yep. To be like, yep, you know what? It's dicks for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, and obviously, that wasn't the case. It was. It's something. Well, it's wired, clearly it's something wired in you that's is what it is. It's not a. It's not a detrimental thing. It's not a negative yep. thing, or it's not a. It's not a positive thing. It's it just is what it is. It's a part of your makeup is. You'd prefer to date Shane than, you know... Sarah. Sarah from from year 12, yeah? Yep. Um, the... Yeah, that, that thing still goes around. It is diminishing in its acceptance as a theory, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but the more you increase your understanding, the more you can increase your acceptance. But if you're close to someone that comes out, accept it. Don't make it about you. Yeah. Just be like, yes, thanks for telling me, and then just move on. If they want to talk about it more, they'll talk about it more. Yeah. Don't peg them with questions. Because they probably don't know the answers. Well, they either don't want to, don't know the answers or may not want to talk about it. Yeah. So just take it as it comes and 
if you are struggling with your own sexuality, then please access many of any of the support services that are out there um, or chat to me. If you have any more questions, yeah, before, feel free to ask. Before we go into the full wrap-up, Lee, like I know... I You're did getting that. better. I you did. could tell that I was wrapping it up then. I did learn that much. Well done, mate. I, I have picked that up over the last couple of times. <laughs> yeah. um, I know I came prepared with a couple of notes, and this is a, a, a new experience for me trying to be the interviewer yep. for a change. Is there anything you would like to add or any questions you wish I had have asked in this interview? Is there something more you could add to our listeners or an experience that defines your coming out overall or... No, I just, I just will say again that I was very lucky, mm-hmm. and while and yeah, I, I was incredibly lucky. A lot of people aren't as lucky, so it's still a very tough thing for a lot of people to talk yeah. about. On after hearing if you're listening to this episode on Monday morning and it's National Coming Out Day I wouldn't go into work and find the gay guy and go oi tell me a coming out story yeah because it could be traumatic exactly yeah like one like of my I said, good mates I, one, was well, yeah, one of the reasons I brought up the homophobia thing was because I've experienced that from yeah the other side you know what I mean like, you know and one of my close friends was kicked out of home when he came out and his mum and dad didn't accept him so it could be quite a traumatic experience and there is a certain level of trauma in every lgbtqia person's life Mm -hmm. some of the trauma is after coming out not being accepted some of the trauma is the poofta bashing we mentioned before some of it is my kind of internalized trauma Trauma, of beating myself up and being so deeply in the closet that in Mm -hmm. a sense i've spent the last 17 years Mm -hmm. since i came out being sexually repressed and some of it's that first 12-inch cock they come across. <laughs> <laughs> That's internal trauma right there. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You had to go there. Well, I'm going to wrap it up now <laughs> before more dick jokes come. Um, thank you for interviewing me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I finished it off in true Jeff style. Yep. Um, I'll mention it again. There'll be links in the episode description for the the same mental health support services that we always put there, but I'll add in a couple of LGBTQIA plus uh, support services that uh, people can access if they feel like that's required. You can, if you have any more questions, message me uh, and ask me. I'm 100% happy to chat about any queer issues um, and any educate issues as much all, as I can. Any issues at all, guys. Je- uh, Lee and I both... Oh, Jeff and I, fuck, how do I do that? How do I get that <laughs> wrong? Uh <laughs> Lee and I have our inboxes open for a reason. Yeah, we wanna we wanna connect with our with our audience. We wanna. I had a, a good mate tonight message me saying he's really looking forward to tonight's episode to get to know you a bit better. Yep. Because obviously he's a good mate of mine and really loves the show. So yeah, and shout out to Sarge. Throughout season two, this one's coming a bit early, but throughout season two, there'll be more chances to get to know Jeff and I, uh, and we do want to increase the amount of interaction with the listeners so uh, join the facebook group we've had a couple more people join in the last couple of days which is great join the facebook group uh message us if you have any questions about any issues and thank you for listening to another episode of no pants no problems
Thanks for listening to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at No Pants Pod. If you or someone you know needs support around their mental health, there are many support services available. Check the show notes for links. This episode is produced by Odd Socks Entertainment, music composed by Shane Cole Hayhow and introduced by Matt Pankhurst. Bye for now.